0: What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Matt Miller, lead draft writer at BR, joining me every Wednesday, my man Connor Rogers. And, buddy, we're going to have some fun today. This will be the most, like, conversational uh, between me and you with our listeners that this show has been in months, I think.
1: That's right. I mean, because we've just been doing draft coverage night after night after night, and then things are finally Coming back to normal a little bit here, but we're not going to get out of the 2018 class just yet. We're, you know, this will be our last week of covering all the post-draft rumors and a lot of your questions about what rookies can be an impact for your favorite team. And then I think probably around next week, we'll start to really dive head on into the 2019 class and the college football season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll start with those like you get. We did last summer. If you guys were with us, we broke down. We kind of went position by position and was like, here are the guys to know and I actually want to find time to go back and listen to those and see Same. what we were like, who was on the radar? Who wasn't? Obviously, Josh Allen and Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen were uh, but Baker Mayfield really wasn't. So it would be fun to to go back and, and listen uh, and, and just see see where we were at on some things. But like I said, we want to just have fun today. <clears throat> we're going to play cash or trash with some rumors. We'll do draft on draft. And as Connor and I were talking this morning before the show started, uh, we're just trying to you know get caught up with each other. We're having this conversation about, you know, we really need someone to come on uh, as a stick to football intern. You know, Kennedy is finishing up college. She's finished up her volleyball career. We're super proud of her, it's and, her in the real world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but we got, we got to kick her out of the nest eventually, right? She's been holding down this gig for a long time. So we are going to be looking for a stick to football intern. But I want to clarify, as we did on the, the live uh, day three coverage of the draft, This would not be a scouting intern. I unfortunately, right now, do not have time to teach another person like how to do my day to day. Um, I did just sell off like, uh, you know, five or six scouting classes to where I'll be kind of walking people through the process of scouting. But, Connor, what we're looking for is really someone to help us out with the social media side of things, like the graphic side of things. And helping fill out the draft on draft questions every week,
1: they'll be a big part of the show. As Kennedy has been a big, a big helpful, great part of the show over the last year. They will be helping build out rundowns, hopefully helping on the graphic side of things for promoting the show, all kinds of stuff like that. And even you know when we do trips, like you know whether it is the Senior Bowl and Combine, those are amazing opportunities to learn a lot about scouting. But it's definitely uh, more of a media side of
0: things you know the intern internship with the show yeah absolutely you nailed it on that so we will in the coming days uh i'll get some information out on twitter on on how people who are interested can apply for that spot connor Mello and myself will will find a couple people and then we'll we'll somehow whittle it down to the lucky person who i, I think the, all we can pay you in is stick to football gear I think that's like all we have like stickers and koozies and and bracelets is probably about the best we could do for now, but
1: it's uh, a cool yeah, we're not particularly over overly demanding either. No. It's not like you're clocking in a nine to five It's so. like a
0: twice a week kind of gig, so uh, yeah, a couple yeah. hours here. but you would have the opportunity um, but, to to hang out with us and uh, learn some things about like Connor so the media side, the podcast side. No doubt. I mean, that's how I got into all this, to be honest with you. I started
1: really with the media route and and for you guys. And I've talked to a lot of you over the last couple of weeks, whether it's via email, people have been in the office that ask, hey, how do I get into scouting? The best piece of advice I can give you if you want to do traditional scouting, not media scouting, is, you know, look to volunteer with your university's football team or really any team and help in the, the video department. Learn how to cut footage. You know, you could build certain cut ups of players. That's your best foot in the door to working with a team working at your school, because a lot of those teams will probably take on, you know, help that is probably not paid, but
0: it's a really good entryway into traditional scouting. Yeah, I think one of the, the questions that I am asked most often is how you get into scouting and it that's a long conversation, right? So to try to compress that into like a 30 second answer is basically if you're a Impossible. college student, that's your best chance. Like if you're out of college, it's going to be hell of a lot harder because it's going to come down to who, you know, if you're still in college or even still in high school, I think the best thing you can do is like Connor said, walk into the football operations office and say, how can I help? And, and just whatever it is, if you, if they need somebody to line the field, be that guy, if they need somebody to cut film, do that. If you're, you know, like college recruiting offices are such a great place to get a start because you're basically evaluating high school kids and that's scouting and projecting them forward. So if you can help in there with stuff and envelopes, you know, if you're good with Photoshop and, and graphic design, helping with things like that. So whatever, whatever you can be a help with, I, I say you try your damnedest to get in front of people and say, Hey, I'd love to volunteer. I'm passionate about football. I just want to help. And then go in there and work your ass off because that is the key. Like it, yep. it, it is who, you know, but it's, Are you going to be willing to outwork everyone? And on a similar path, like when when Bleacher Report, when I applied at Bleacher Report way back when, um, no one knew who I was at all. I mean, I had a little website that maybe a thousand people a month looked at, right? So I didn't have this big resume. I didn't go to, you know, journalism school and have all that experience. But I was willing to outwork everybody. It was any assignment they gave me. I worked my ass off. I tried to do a great job. I asked a lot of questions. I try to get better at it, and I think that's one thing that you can do. Like, if to get into scouting, you don't have to have been this great high school player. You don't have to be a former college football player. You just have to be able to learn, and you have to be willing to work your ass off. So, get in front of the right people, and then once you've established that you're a hard worker, you can say, you know, hey, I, I have an interest in working in scouting uh, or in recruiting, and you know, I, I would love to maybe. Volunteer in that department or shadow some people in that department. So that was much longer than a thirty second answer, but that's the best advice I can give people.
1: No, that's the the grand point of the whole thing is. A lot of people ask me like, how did you get into this? And it just everyone has a different path. I took a assistant researching job at Bleacher Report when I was out of college, and so I got a degree in business and completely ditched that route, which at the time would have probably been you know a little easier financially. But I said, hey, I'll do the assistant researching, and that was really pitching tons of ideas to you and Chris Sims at Bleacher Report for us to do video content, finding stats, you know, really at the bottom of things, but it was a blast. And since I, at the time, didn't have a lot of money to move to the city, I used to commute six hours a day. So you need to find your niche and work at it and really just figure out a way. So, you know, we just kind of wanted to rant off the top of that. Everybody has a different path. You know, if you want to get into traditional scouting, we touched on that. There's different ways into media. So
0: Connor, piggybacking off what you said, man, When you were, like, when you and I met, if you had been an asshole, we would not be sitting here talking today. A hundred percent. That's a great point. You never swung up. You were never like, man, I'm doing research for this guy, and he's the one on camera, and he's the one getting paid, and I'm commuting six hours a day. You never had an attitude. You never had an ego. You came in every day and busted your ass to a point where I was like, holy shit, this kid's great, like. You know, <laughs> Thanks, I, 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 need, dude. I need him helping me all the time. And, and it became that. And then it was like, what what was it? A year later where they were like, here, Connor, just work with Matt all the time. And yeah, I, they assigned me directly to you. Yeah. So it, you have to, at some point, like you don't have to kiss ass, but you have to work hard so that the people, you know, who can help pull you up a little bit, will notice that. So you, you got to give yourself some credit in that regard, because I haven't, I don't know. I've probably worked with 50 people at Bleacher Report who would want to be where you are right now, but for whatever reason, it, it just, you know, it didn't work either. They, they didn't work hard or, you know, they would throw you under the bus anytime they messed up, things like that. So it's at, at some point you also just have to be a good person.
1: That's a great point. That, and that goes a really long way. So, all right. Well, if you want to hear now about the <laughs> now we'll rumors, let's fucking go. Uh, the, the we're going to do cash or trash because there's so many rumors all over the place. And for the people that tweet, you know, oh, well, I don't believe you or I don't want to. Like, you could choose where you get your credible info from. That's fine. But this is just what me and Matt hear. So, okay. First one up, cash or trash, Matt. Baker was QB1
0: on 12 boards. So, I'm going to say trash. And okay. I'll be completely honest. I do not talk to someone high level at all 32 teams. I don't know anyone course, who No one does. does. Right. Maybe Adam Schefter. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Right. Yeah. He probably talks to 32 owners. So, yeah, he probably does. But so I see all these reports coming out of X amount of teams had Baker QB one X amount of teams had Darnold QB one. All I can tell you for sure is that Cleveland had Baker QB one. And I've heard New England did, too. After that, I haven't found one team that had Baker as the top quarterback. That doesn't mean there aren't some out there. Right. I mean, like the Chiefs and the Colts and the Titans aren't spending a lot of time on quarterbacks. So they probably ranked one, but it doesn't really matter. So of the teams that needed a quarterback, most had Sam Darnold as the top passer.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't, it, Cleveland fans, because I think some people took it this way. We're not saying the Browns were wrong. No, no, could be the best quarterback in this class. It's just that it. when you look at the top of this draft, starting really with the Giants, who were never taking a quarterback, so it doesn't fully matter, but they still evaluate them. The Giants, the Jets, the Broncos, you know, those te- the Bills, those teams loved Sam Darnold and the Bills loved Josh Allen, too. They really loved Josh Allen. But the teams at the top, you know, they were praying that Sam Darnold would slide and the Jets got him. So they, you know, the wish was answered there. But, you know, the I think there was a lot of smoke around, hey, all those teams wanted Baker to fall to them. I, I, from what we've heard, that just simply
0: was not the case yeah. at all. And and like you said, this is not in any way to shit on the Browns or say they're wrong. No way. If Baker ends up great, like they think he will, and like I think he has the potential to be, how smart are they going to look to be like, you know what? Everyone else in this class, every, every other team told us Sam Darnold was the best, or Josh Rosen was the best, or Josh Allen was the best. And we put our nuts on the table and said, nope. It's Baker Mayfield, and now look at him. That's what you want. You want to be the outlier that gets it right about a guy. So this is not me and you saying Baker will suck or the Browns were wrong. I have so much respect for that Browns front office, and it's it's one of those things. I've told Mello this just off air that it makes me like question my evaluation a little bit because of how much I respect those yep. guys. It's like, damn, like if they think it can work, then why was I a little lower on him? than and, and I had all four quarterbacks ranked very closely together, but it, it, it does make you question uh, your evaluation. And I'm excited to see, man. I want Baker to succeed. I want it for him because I love his story. I want it for the Browns because they need it and they deserve it. So, again, it's just information. Don't read into it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'm with you on feeling all over the place because my top quarterback, Josh Rosen, went 10th. And my second quarterback, Baker Mayfield, went first. So I'm like feeling great about that. But then you're like, damn, what, yeah. what am I? How off am I? Or am I just an outlier in all these evaluations? So, and my top quarterback went to the right. Jets. So, you know, what are you yeah. going to do? Yeah, well, <laughs> Jesus. All right, next one. This is a really, really popular one that, you know, no one can really get a full grip on what's true, what's not. The Patriots were going to trade all the way up to two.
0: That's trash. That is complete horseshit. I just
1: don't think they could do it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is
0: trash. And man, I this was one because like you and I uh, hung out after the draft and we tried to like decompress and just run through because like you're on camera for three days and you kind of miss a lot of what happens and you definitely miss sure. a lot of the like the the chatter, you know, of what's going on. And so when we were talking about this, it, it like sparked in me. And so Monday, the whole time I'm I'm trying to get home from New York and stuff, it's like. I'm going to ask about this because I just don't believe it. And I I don't know anyone in the NFL who bought that rumor that they were trying to get up to two. And like you said, Connor, the biggest factor here, the New York Giants did not want to trade the second pick. So how are the Patriots going to do it? Knowing full well, the Giants weren't going to trade out of two. I mean, the Jets aren't going to trade out of three. The Browns really weren't. I've heard they did take like some, hey, what do you want calls for one? And it was basically like, your mom and your firstborn child. So it wasn't even. Yeah, it realistic. was so
1: much the price. Yeah, so it I don't totally. believe
0: that. I'm sure the Pats liked Baker Mayfield, but definitely after he went first overall, they were. I think any like pipe dream about moving up died. But as I, I said, this leading up to the draft, and I know we said it after, so many of the teams at the top wanted their guy. They weren't going to trade. It's why the Colts stuck at six because they were like, you know what. We're tired of watching Andrew Luck get hit in the mouth. We're just going to stay at six, even though they had some very good trade offers at Buffalo being one of those teams and say, yeah, let's just stay here and protect our quarterback. So that's why we didn't see a lot of movement in the top.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. There's just times where everyone goes, oh, well, you could always trade up. And now sometimes you simply can't. Teams are going to sit there and say, why would I move? I want my quarterback. That's not worth multiple first rounders because we need to get our guy before we get fired. So, all right. Next up on the list, cash or trash. John Gruden says Maurice Hurst is healthy.
0: So, that's a tough one to diagnose cuz he, he might be healthy right now, right? Right. I'm going to stick to my guns on this and say trash because I trust the person, the people, excuse me, who gave so you, me just a lot of people the information, a lot. And I don't know, I, someone's tweeted me the uh the quote of Gruden's basically saying like, "Oh, there's a lot of these like rumors out here and People think they know stuff. Our doctors cleared him. If your doctors cleared him, why did he fall to round five? That's my question. Yeah, This is a top 40 First player round consensus. Talent. Yeah. Yeah. And he was there in round five. So there's obviously a concern. So, like, don't come out and fucking lie to us. Like, you got a good player that you took a risk on. And people are asking hard questions because he has a heart condition. So just say, you know what? We don't know if he's going to get on the field for us. But in the fifth round... That's a, a pretty damn good bet we're willing to take if he's healthy instead of, nah, man, he's fine. He's not fine. Or he would have been a, a first or second round pick. So, and, and Raider fans were all over my mentions about this saying I'm a liar and I'm just stumping for teams. And then they'll do the, well, how would scouts know if a guy's got a heart condition? Cause the doctors fucking tell them that's how they would know. Like people yep. aren't logical when they become a fan and they get upset about something. It's like, Raider fans, this is not personal. My job is to report the information I'm given, and when 8 to 12 individual sources give you the same information, you have to report that. You can't you can't sit on it and be like, "Ah, maybe you know, they're trying to make this team look bad." That's a third of the league is telling you something. You have to take that information and use it, and with Maurice Hurst, it's scary and it's why he did fall as far as he did.
1: Yeah, I don't I can't speak on the condition, but I mean, when you look at Nick Fairley being, you know, not cleared to play after what six seasons in the NFL, my my question is longevity with Hurst and I hope they just monitor it really closely. I want to go off script for a second because I felt like not all of them a lot reached out and said, hey, I'm I'm not offended. But a lot of Raiders fans that listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate you guys and the grades episode. There's always going to be a couple unhappy customers each year. But oh, it's yeah. not personal. Somebody, somebody in the draft is going to lose at first glance. And, you know, I gave them a D plus, Matt. I think you said you gave them an F. If we're wrong about that after a couple years, we will be the first to admit it. But, I mean, one iTunes review, of course, under an anonymous name, you know, was saying they unsubs- couldn't unsubs- unsubscribe fast enough, that we alienated, alienated the entire <laughs> fan base, and that we should have taken a different approach and said why the draft could work. If you want us to do a draft episode of why every single team's draft could work, I mean, we could do that. We but that time. was the grades episode. <laughs> it was the grades episode. So I just want to be clear. There is no personal vendetta against Oakland. I I could actually play you l- this time last year's episode when I said how many teams should follow the Reggie McKenzie rebuild model, which is basically take an awful team and build a great foundation, which yes. Oakland did over the last couple of years. So... I've actually been really high on this franchise. I'm just a little low on the Gruden direction right now. It's not personal. That's yeah. all I want to say. And if you want to talk more about it, send your draft on draft questions
0: cuz I we gladly will. Yeah. But send that draft. I, I just want to say it's just could, like but, how could the Raiders yeah. draft work? We'll tell you.
1: I get I guess it just bothers me when, you know, somebody that has clearly subscribed to the show is like I'm not I'm done listening and this, you get a one-star review. That could hurt your brand because I didn't like the grade. That's just, then don't, then the show's not for you. I
0: don't know what else to say. Yeah. No. have to be fair. It's it's got to be unbiased. At some point over the last uh, 13 months, we have probably shit on every franchise in the NFL for something. Without a doubt. So it it is unbiased. And I didn't like the Niners draft. If you listened Thursday night when Melo and I graded the NFC, I didn't like it. And I, and that's my team. I've been a Niners fan since I was four years old and I didn't like their draft. Uh, We live down the road from Kansas City and have a lot of very good friends. B.J. Kissel being one of them who works in that organization didn't give them a very good grade for their draft. So it's like it isn't personal, but it it always has to be honest. And that's like one thing that I feel like we've done a very good job of. It's just we're just going to tell you guys how we feel about things or the information we hear. And when we're wrong, we're going to admit we're wrong. So, yeah, no way to go off script. That's a very good point. So, all right, I got one for you. Cash or trash? Sam Darnold starts week one. Oh, wow. I'm going to say it's cash,
1: but let me tell you, Matt, the one X factor that no one is talking about, and it's not Josh McCown, because I know Sam Darnold offers a lot more upside. He's going to turn the ball over. Let's not be foolish (laughs) here. He's going to turn the ball over. He offers a lot more than Josh McCown. It's Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yes, Because... I have not seen Teddy Bridge. I don't know, and I've heard two totally different things. I've talked to two people that have seen him over the last year, and somebody told me, listen, he's still scared to put pressure on that knee and doesn't look like Teddy. Somebody else told me uh, that that they believe that Teddy will come back from this. It it just takes longer because it was a significant knee injury. They believe he's going to be fine in the end. So I don't know what to believe. But when Teddy Bridgewater, 80 or 90 percent of Teddy
0: Bridgewater probably wins this job. I don't know if you know how happy I am. I was like fist pumping and dancing here because uh, <laughs> you love both of these quarterbacks. I do love both these quarterbacks. I'm like, damn it. I might be a Jets fan. Nothing would make me happier than a healthy Teddy Bridgewater just to prove that he's back, you know. And the the thing I'll say, man, if the Jets only signed him to a one year deal and he's healthy, they are. like that's not a good move because you could have traded him for something. So you would have liked to have locked him up like two to three years so that there's some trade value there if he is healthy. But man, I'm with you. I think that, I think Darnold heads into camp with a chance to win the starting job. But I agree. If Teddy is healthy, because he won't turn the ball over and he's not going to make some of the plays that Darnold would make. But with that defense that the Jets have and with a pretty good run game, if you want to go with a Vikings 2017 style team and say, Hey, like, we're just not going to turn the ball over. We're going to be tough as hell and we're going to run the ball and we're going to win seven, eight games. Bridgewater could do that for you if he's healthy. So it is going to be, he can. That's going to be a fun preseason to watch.
1: Now, here's the other thing that I look at it as that why it benefits the Jets. If Teddy Bridgewater comes back healthy ish, I don't think we're ever going to see 100% Teddy again. I'm talking 80, 90%. The Jets traded their 2019 second rounder to the Colts to move up. Maybe you can find a way, whether it's the transition, you know, the franchise tag or something that you can get some kind of asset back for Bridgewater. This is in a perfect world. I don't I don't expect this to happen, but I'm saying if you can find a way to get a fourth or a third back for him, maybe at the deadline for a team. We've seen so many quarterbacks go down last year that there will be there will be some unfortunate circumstance. So. Teddy's the X factor, but I think Sam Darnold starting week one is a cash take.
0: And when all is said and done, I love it. Um, I threw one in here that was not draft related. I just want your gut instinct, your reaction to this. Jason Witten retired recent, this past week. Is he a Hall of Famer, cash or trash? Wow. Uh, man, I think it's at the position. I think it's a cash take. What do you think? I think it's a cash take. Now, there are some very good tight ends that, I mean, obviously, you know, guys like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, um, Antonio Gates, uh, who's still somehow out there playing. I look at Witten's numbers. He had over a thousand catches, over 12,000 yards, uh, 68 touchdowns. He should have tried to get one more. Damn it. Uh, 14 seasons. 14 seasons. Right. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a, a cash I do, Hall of Famer. I do too. Not a first ballot. Just because of of the how many? No, and that's okay. But eleven Pro Bowls in fourteen years, man.
1: Oh yeah, I had to think about it because I really just need to like play through the numbers in yeah. my head because I didn't I didn't read these before the show because I don't I like natural reactions. He's a Hall of Famer, and yeah. I agree with you. It's it's not a first ballot. That's okay. Yeah. It, when you look at what he's done at the position, you can't really count a ton of guys that have been better. Like obviously, I think Rob Gronkowski is the greatest tight end I've ever seen play, but. Witten, he's gotta
0: be top three of greatest I've seen play. Yeah. <clears throat> Same here. I would I would say like Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez are probably the only two that are definitively better. Same. So I, I it's a cash take. I like I that. Love it. And hats off to Witten. He he yeah. was
1: great for so long. Great guy to have beers with too. Last one on cash or trash. This is an interesting one. People are saying, well, why would a player you know like Rashad Penny Go over Sony Michelle, or why? Why would Sony Michelle, you know, fall a little bit? Con- were there concerns over Sony Michelle's medical that you know really
0: went under the radar here? Yeah, man, that's a cash take, and we talked about it a little bit uh, last, lightly, week. lightly, and I think you've actually heard a little bit more than me on this. But what I got yeah. back from a couple different spots was that man, they just don't know how long he's going to hold up. He might be a one contract type guy.
1: Yes, I believe it's knee related and it's just one of those things where, you know, he's probably going to be okay right off the bat, but we've seen so many of these guys where longevity is a question, and at that position, it's monumental. Because it's so funny when you look at it. I would say a month before the draft, we thought Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle would go maybe two or three rounds apart. Yeah, And Nick, Nick Chubb has rebounded from a catastrophic knee injury where he is, like, coming back to himself. Again, that got him in to be a top forty pick, and people are excited about Nick Chubb. Sony Michelle still went first round, but there's just longevity questions there.
0: Absolutely, good stuff, man.
1: All right, now we got to do some draft on draft, and this is going to be a loaded draft on draft edition this week because not that we've been slacking, but we've been doing you know five, six questions here because we've had so much other stuff to talk about. We have a ton of questions to answer today. Some from iTunes, some from Twitter. You can keep sending stuff to the Instagram. I think leaving comments is the easiest way for us to see yeah, it. It is because we have a bunch of people that run the account, so the DMs can get kind of crazy. But if you want to slide in the DMs, that's okay. So, <laughs> all right, this first one from iTunes. Uh, this is an interesting one uh, from uh, Chase Hams. He's one of our listeners. I know that you know is really into the scouting scene. He said, "Have you watched Easton Stick from North Dakota State?" he might
0: rise like Wentz did. Okay, this kid's good, but first I want to nickname him Easton Stick to Football. I think it's only, only <laughs> natural. Uh, I have, I yes. love that. Um, he. This will be his third year as a captain. So he was a captain as a sophomore. That's right. Uh, captain as a junior. I don't know. I mean, I want to know how tall he is, and, and maybe that doesn't matter anymore because we just saw Baker Mayfield go first overall, but I think that's probably the biggest thing is um, just how big is this dude. But I remember watching him on Wentz got hurt. And he, I mean, he went undefeated when Wentz got hurt. So uh, yeah, I do like 8-0. him. I do like him. But we'll, yeah, yeah he's he's fun. He's on the radar. so he
1: he went, yeah, he went eight and zero as a freshman when Wentz got hurt, and he started the last two seasons since. So he's played a ton of games. I mean, when you look at, it, I think he's played thirty seven games already, and he's going into his senior year. Like you said, already a two year captain. He he has a ton of accolades to his name already. So. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think this summer we'll have a lot on well, the quarterback preview episode, which hopefully me, you, and Melo can all do together because I know he's already started watching some of these guys. He, he's going to be in the mix. I can guarantee you that that he will be brought up on the show. I'm curious to see how strong his arm is, and like you said, Matt, how big he is. But I mean, I know it's a cliche, but the guy has won. Yeah, so and their running back that, Bruce that Anderson is
0: good too. So we'll yeah, to they're going to be
1: once again a fun a fun team to talk about. I think about we just for need draft to go reasons. Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, it looks amazing. I wanna this year. I wanna go. I would love to go there. I wanna go watch. You know what I really want to do? I want us to plan a double header where we get to see, uh, Oregon, and maybe, like, we can go to SoCal and try to catch two games. Oh, yeah. I would really like to see Oregon. So, and I'll see Michigan when they come to Rutgers. So it's gonna be a good year for scouting travel. That's for sure. All right, this one from Mongoluso, of course, bringing it as always. <laughs> he said, Any chance we can get an all time player pretend draft this summer on the pod? I'd be down yes, for
0: that. That sounds like a great idea. I- again, it might have to be when the three of us can do it, right? So that Yeah, it takes a lot of prep, it that does. kind of stuff, because you don't want to forget like Walter Payton or something. And
1: everyone's like, fuck you. How did you forget Walter Payton? Yeah. You know what I mean? So and it we got to like, be really. Like
0: one episode's offense, one episode's defense, maybe? I don't know.
1: Yep. We gotta. I mean, we're gonna need like a week to make our big boards, right? We might even have to. We might even have to like. We'll get creative with that one. But I, I like it. I person. love that he used pretend, pretend draft. Pretend draft. That's just not that's a mock my draft. favorite running's my favorite running stick to football uh, joke of all time. So
0: along that line, um, uh, you guys know I like to just tell ridiculous personal stories because I feel like we're all friends here. Uh, I yep. like within the last two months started dating someone new, and she was trying to explain to. Like her family, what I do for a living, and they were like, "So he just <laughs> pretends and gets paid for that." I was like, "Yeah, pretty much. That's about it. We're <laughs> just, pre- just pretends. Yeah. so just over here pretending. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's it feels that way. I mean, people are always like when they ask what you do, a- and you answer like, "Oh, you know, I cover." Now I say and college football because that brings some yeah. norm- like when it's September and people are like, "Oh, you cover the draft." Like, what do you do the other eleven months of the year? And I'm like, "God damn it, like." Never mind.
0: (laughs) I agree. Yeah. All right. The
1: the most relatable one I have for that is one time uh, I had neighbors in my building that had a party and like I was invited and went and didn't know anyone and it was me and 31 people from PwC, an accounting firm. Oh. And like all the dudes were like, yo, this is sick. You work for Bleacher Report and all the girls like didn't think I had a job. So (laughs) yeah, there you go. All
0: right. That's how it goes. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. All right, we got one here uh, from Marky G underscore Mark. Have you guys heard any draft buzz on Dwayne Haskins? So Dwayne Haskins is the, uh, I think he's a redshirt freshman. Maybe he's a redshirt sophomore now, quarterback uh, at Ohio redshirt State. Redshirt sophomore, yep. Redshirt sophomore now. So I have not, reason being we've only seen him you know, play like a, a basically a game and a half worth of snaps. Now, he did look really good uh, in the little yep. bit of notes I have on him. He looks like a player. And he looks like more of a like a prototypical passer than what we saw from JT Barrett. So, I mean he's, oh, yeah. he's definitely someone I'm watching. But we got to see how he looks as a starter this year. Uh, so I watched his
1: spring game because I'm a complete loser, and uh, I was pretty impressed with the arm. I mean, it, and maybe it's because I'm so used to watching the Buckeyes with a very limited passer <laughs> for a couple of years right? now. Not to knock on JT because JT won a lot of games, but just saying the transition. I was like, wow, he can, he can really sling it. And I, I hope he's I'm assuming he's going to start. I know there's some competition there, but I'm excited about Haskins and, and for the Ohio State offense as a whole. I think the buzz on him in terms of the draft will be a little light over the summer simply because, like Matt said, he has not played yet. But he's one of those guys where if you're looking to bet on talent as a riser,
0: he could be a lot of fun this year. Yep, I love it. Okay, Dan Barnes, I hate you officially. Uh, how good of <laughs> a clip holder, how good of a clipboard holder is Josh Allen going to be for future Hall of Famer AJ McCarron? I, I feel like we. So, this is where we should tell Dan Barnes we only follow him on Twitter because of his girlfriend. So just gonna be well, honest. he
1: did he did make it to Indy, which is a big That's true, which is a big move. So I'm sorry, Dan, but the AJ McCarron dream has to die. Like I, there's no way he survives the whole season as the starter over no. Josh Allen. There's no, there's way. there's no way, but I still like the trolling question. That's why I threw it in there. As you can tell, I built the draft on draft. Yeah. On Dan, Cause <laughs> no. I don't know. This one wouldn't have got by the map filter. No. It might've so. because
0: it's Dan. So I might've been like, okay, fine. Yeah.
1: But. I, I do like catering to it. Watch AJ McCarron is gonna throw like seven touchdowns against the Jets this year. I would
0: like almost bet on it. The karma for you how, might be strong. Because yeah. you No, that would I've tried to play it down the middle with McCarron. Like, I oh, like he yeah, has some traits, and you're like he's, he's awful. So he's a horrible quarterback. So
1: all right. Anyways, this next one from Dan 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 Dan. Another uh, good Twitter follow. Real Yeah, yes. Um, Realistically speaking, how much immediate impact do you think the lions draft class will have this year? So I
0: think a lot and um, me too. I mean, Frank Ragno should start Tyrell Crosby. I would not be surprised if he starts uh, on the interior somewhere or pushes even as a fifth round pick carry Johnson's going to start. Nick Baldwin's going to start Deshaun Hand is going to work into that lineup really, really early. So, They didn't have like a a super sexy draft, you know, with like these big names or like exciting skill players, tough MFers, very tough MFers. So, and even like Trey Walker at safety, I I think he could work into the lineup. So I would expect a pretty big impact early or should be if they hit on their players, they should be big. So the one guy I didn't know
1: when I was on the, I got on the desk on round three and the only guy I hadn't watched was Tracy Walker so I was cutting up footage uh, early this week because it, it was actually for when Louisiana Lafayette played um, A&M. And he stood out. I mean, I just missed him this year. Sometimes you just got to own it. So I'm even excited about him. I thought the third round was early, but I when I went back and watched, I was like, man, I get it at least. I think he's pretty good. I, I liked the Lions draft. And like you said, Matt, this is not. Your sexy, flashy draft. This is your, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. Matt Patricia draft, which is a lot of fun. And they took Frank Ragno, which is the best pick of the first round. They're going to walk in and be like, we're here to fuck
0: shit up. Like, let's just, let's just play football.
1: The jets go there Monday night to open the season this year. Oh, that's going to be a physical game. Yeah. pray, Pray for Teddy. Pray for Sam. Yeah.
0: So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Those are great draft on draft questions to start it off. Uh, and, and thank you to the two Dan's because I don't know how we would get by week to week without those guys.
1: Yeah. They always send really good stuff.
0: Okay. Good news for those of you who are just dutifully listening to the end of this show, getting through all the draft on draft questions. We appreciate the hell out of you guys. So here's what I'm going to do. The first five people. When I wake up in the morning who have tweeted at stick to football and said, Hey, I heard Matt say he's going to give away stick to football uh, prize packs or whatever we want to call them, stick to football gear. First five people, you got to be following the stick to football account so I can DM you. I'm going to send those out. Just as a little thank you for for hanging out and listening to the end of the show. And, Connor, I think we should probably start doing this, not always at the end of the show, but we should just randomly start giving All over stuff the place. away. Yeah, it's like a Where's
1: Waldo giveaway of stick to football care packages. Well, care a good name. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, there'll be stick to football care packages. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. And keep sending the, the pictures have been amazing that people like with, with the people the with the
0: koozies. We're actually running low on oh. koozies. I
1: need to reorder. So, yeah, I mean, I got I, I've had t- so many people reach out. I have literally nothing left. I have one for myself left in New York and like three stickers and I'm holding on to that shit. Like <laughs> I, it's it, like it's my first son. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I like- All right. So, yeah. So definitely don't miss that opportunity. We got to get back on Instagram live soon, too. That'll be a lot of fun. So we'll be doing some of that, especially when we catch up on the 2019 class. But speaking of the 2019 class, this one from J underscore bear. Screw 2019. Who should we be looking forward to in 2020?
0: Oh, my oh, God. I'll just say J- Jake from that's who I'm excited. Yeah. for. And that is the big one. I mean, just watching him play. It's like, OK, this dude just penciled in. Because he is a hell of a player. Oh, and Jacob the Eason? running back. I oh, uh, now I'm not a big Easton guy. Oh, Swift from but, Georgia. Um,
1: well, Swift, of course, from jo- God, Georgia's just Georgia's not real life. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Najee oh, Harris, Jonathan, Taylor. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor.
0: Jonathan Taylor. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, those
1: are the guys. Uh, There's some running backs. Oh, Cam Akers from Florida State. Yeah. I mean that. That the 2020 back the running back class is, yeah, it's just resetting again, where it's like, oh, my God, um, another load of running
0: back. Hat tip, Steven Nelson. Love you, buddy. Uh, Jalen Phillips, the edge from UCLA. I accidentally had him in my 2019, but he's 2020. It's just like a red shirt thing that I, that I missed. So really, really okay. like Jalen Phillips coming out of UCLA, too. Yeah, I mean,
1: 2020 is fun. We can't get too crazy with it, but I had to sneak that one in there because I knew... I knew Matt would be a fan because he just, he likes, he loves leaving draft classes behind.
0: Yeah. Very early. That's so my personality, right? It's always like, let's on to the next thing. Just on to the next thing. Yeah. Greener pastures. That's definitely, (laughs) definitely me. All right. Um, We got one here from Richard Royal. Love this dude. He's looking at the big board for 2019. Who do we feel are close to their ceilings and which players have room to grow? Um, So, um, that is a good question. Like, great question. I feel like all these top guys like Nick Bosa, Ed Oliver, Rashawn Gary are so special that they're not going to be considered upside guys just because like they're already so good and it's not a knock. I mean, they're one, two, three on my board. They're great players, but I think their ceiling is, and they've, they've kind of got there. I would say the same thing about like Christian Wilkins at Clemson, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence at Clemson, even maybe a guy who's, they're starting to knock against that, or excuse me, Dexter Lawrence. They're starting to knock against that ceiling. So two players I really like as potential guys. I like Ryan Finley, the quarterback from NC state quite a bit. And then Lucas Dennis, the safety from Boston college. So
1: I would say the guy that's pretty close to his ceiling for me for Richard's question would be Damian Harris from Alabama. I think we know what he is. I was actually really surprised he stayed in school. I think the player with, you know, some of the most upside, it is Devin White from LSU. Oh, yes. I mean, a linebacker that converted from running back. He's got speed. The instincts are picking up. He's physical. I'm really excited to see the jump. If Devin White can make that Roquan Smith kind of jump, that I would be a can. lot of fun. I think he can. T- I mean, he's fantastic. Yeah.
0: It's so just instincts. Or instincts and yeah. timing are going to be the big things. But, yeah. For and sure. It's funny because this is off like – I mean, you notice these guys when you're watching anyway, right? So, For like, sure. But – man, I cannot wait to dig in on Devin White because he looks like a freak. You're going to love the whole defense.
1: I mean, I know you have Greedy Williams already in your top 15. For an underclassman corner, I haven't seen a corner that smart and technically sound in a long time. It's very impressive. So, I mean, there's a lot of fun players. And it's hard to say. You know, the ceiling thing, a lot of these guys haven't reached it yet. Yeah. Bosa and Oliver are so good. I think they would have went top 10 this year's class. I agree. Easily. I mean, that's not even... Yeah. That's how good they are. Let's keep it moving. Man, we have so much fun already. We're like ready for 2019. <laughs> Can't even hold it back. This one from Brandon Carfagna. Which quarterback found themselves in the best fit after the draft? Woof, man. I, so I think from a roster standpoint, I actually love where Baker Mayfield is. I just hate his coach so much. Can Todd Haley save Baker Mayfield? Because the offense actually looks pretty nice on
0: paper. So that was going to be my answer, too, um, because I I feel like the Cardinals are going to kill Josh Rosen because that offensive line is so bad. Um, it's going to be a tough for him. David Johnson will help a little bit, yeah. but he can't block. Josh one, Allen is so. probably going to be thrown to the Wolves in Buffalo. Um, and Buffalo. That's a and again, in both yeah. spots, you have defensive minded head coaches, which I don't read too much into, but it's, it's not an ideal spot. I would say it's Baker and even like Sam Darnold's in a pretty good spot with the Jets, but I don't know, man, if we're going to see. Jeremy Bates hasn't been an offensive coordinator since 2008, 2009. You know, so it's. I I think it's just we kind of got to wait and see what happens there. I think Baker's in a good spot with, shit, those receivers are special. They've got several good running backs. The offensive line is obviously a little weaker because Joe Thomas is gone, but there's still some talent there, and it's just a really young team. So I, I do think he's in the best spot.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited to watch him and see the jumps the Browns make. Although I think Tyrod really could hold it down. So it's going to be interesting to see when Baker plays. But all right, from Jay Swizzy, uh, this was a pretty long one and a pretty cool question. With the increased focus on analytics and drafting and evaluating players, what's your take on its use in roster building? Would you use it as a GM? If so, in what capacity would you use it? And what percent do you use it compared to film and character of the player? Really well, well well-written out question.
0: Yeah, good question. So my answer is I would use all the information I could because scouting is hard. So why say that this method works and this one doesn't? So I I would, yeah, I would use it. Absolutely would. Now, as far as a percent, I don't know. I mean, because so much of it is character, right? And so much of it's work ethic and wiring and... You, I don't know that you can use analytics for that. You know, I, I like looking at, you know, things like, I mean, even just like drop rate or, you know, quarterbacks this size, how many have succeeded left tackles with this arm length, like kind of helping you like using analytics to narrow the field and then, you know, using it in, com- in conjunction with tape character workouts like it, it all has to be part of a puzzle, not like analytics are not the answer to scouting, but ignoring no. them would be foolish. So I think it has to be a part of it. So I would, and this is easier said than done because not all
1: owners have unlimited money or will just hand you over the money as GM. But I would build out an analytics department that consists of at least four to five people. I would have, you know, probably a senior director of analytics that really is at the top of the food chain and is probably the only guy that gets in a lot of the draft meetings with the scouts and probably four people working underneath him probably you know two for offense two for defense i think it's vital i think you should have every number i think you should use it to project you know really big time projection players where you know every single trend we've seen over the last what 20 years i would use so i think they're vital i think they're a piece of the puzzle they are not the puzzle itself I, I, you can't ever undervalue characters everything It all starts and ends with character. These are human beings. So (laughs) exactly, exactly. It's not robotic and baseball. I'm a big baseball fan as is Matt. And the Mets are my favorite team. Mickey Calloway is their new manager. He's a big analytics guy and they've been skidding a little bit lately, but the improvement you've seen in situational baseball with what they're working with, it, it does show from an analytics standpoint and to transition to football it showed for Doug Peterson in the Super Bowl champion Eagles last year in situational football. So it matters during the game, and it matters for evaluations of players, and I think every single team should have an analytics department. Right now, they should.
0: Yeah, and I something you said there I'll add on, I, I think analytics can be very helpful in coaching. Like I might, if I were GM, try to impress upon the coaches to use it more than I would the front office, but I don't think it's something that people can ignore And it's, it's unfortunate, you know, that it's become this like almost political thing, you know, where it's like red versus blue where, oh, we use analytics. Oh, we don't. And it's like each side has to shit on the other instead of realizing that like football guys can use numbers, numbers guys can, can rely on, you know, just the old school tape study. So I don't think there's one right way to do everything. And as hard as this job is, whether it's mine or Bill Belichick's, you know, it, it's hard to find good players. So why not use everything at your disposal?
1: I mean, it's just, it's info. Information is so important. So I'm a fan. I thought it was funny when uh, Dave Gettleman made like the hand gesture of like a nerd on a computer yeah. at a press conference. I'm like, man, you're, you're showing your age there, buddy. Yeah, no joke. It matters. It matters right now. So, and he, I mean, he was, he was being light and having fun with it, but still. All right, this next one from Andrew Highsmith. Who do you think will be the best from the uh, from this class in five years besides Barkley. So best running back in this class besides Barkley. That's, man, and they were all drafted pretty early, yeah. the top ones.
0: So it's tight. I'm going to go Darius Geis. He was my number two back. I still think yeah, that he's same. a very talented player. And I actually think he's in a pretty good spot in Washington where he's going to come in and get carries early and often, and they're going to do their best to just be physical and run the ball. So I, I think Geis can be special. I, I can't say anyone else. I had guys, I think ninth or 10th overall in this class.
1: So I, I think he's going to be awesome. I'm excited to watch him play in the NFL. I, he's baby Marshawn in my eyes, a little Mark Ingram, a little Marshawn Lynch. Um, if I had to go outside the box though, something we talked about earlier, I love carry Johnson. I was going to say short. the same
0: thing. I do too. Yeah. I think it's a really, really good fit there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last question. And this is one that we're not gonna be able to go as deep as we would probably like to, but wide nine football wants to know what are your top three most important traits for prospects at the following positions? Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. So I think quarterback is uh football IQ, because it doesn't matter how much arm talent you have or how fast you can run if you can't process things. So I think for sure being able, especially with the the demands on the game now, you have to be intelligent. So I would say football IQ uh, I think I do still think I know everybody's going to say you like to Josh Allen. I think accuracy is incredibly important because Josh Allen will be a case study in if you can improve accuracy. And and so will Lamar Jackson, you know, two guys who were 56 percent passers in college. We're going to find out if if scheme or mechanics can fix that. And if not, they're going to bust. So uh, accuracy is very, very important. Um, the third one, man, I, I think it's probably just the intangible stuff. It It is the the work ethic, the leadership, you know, the things that you can't see on film, but that, and oftentimes make or break the position, you know, of guys who, you know, like Mark Sanchez, who had all the talent in the world and didn't care. Paxton Lynch, you know, who just does not seem to to have that drive and motivation. So and I know two of those are off field things, but I think that speaks to the the way that position works.
1: Yeah. It's quarterback is, I mean, you gotta be, I know we beat it into the ground, but you have to be a high character guy because the demands of the position are just, they're too significant. Accuracy is is always number one for me when I really look at things. I I will always trend towards the accurate passers. That's why I loved Jared Goff. I, I was just a big Jared Goff fan. Yeah, man. Um, you, you know what I mean. So, and I had Trubisky number two that year, Watson over him. But once again, I thought Trubis- Watson was a bigger play threat and had enough accuracy. I thought Trubisky was also very accurate. So I loved those guys. You know, when you look at running back. It comes down to you go through the three phases of a running back as a runner, a pass catcher, and a pass protector. That's like very simplified. But when you're talking about a little more specific traits, you know, vision sometimes outmatches pure athleticism. It does. It really does. And I think burst is
0: more important than speed because it's more about, you know, short, quick, twitchy change of direction. It's not about, oh, shit, this dude can run 80 yards in, you know, six and a half seconds. So... Yeah. For running back, I would say like vision, burst and balance are so important because and, and balance is going to come into, I mean, I guess you could say agility, but change of direction, you know, being able to run through some contact, being able to run, you know, you're running and some dude swipes your foot. Are you going to be able to keep your balance? Can you, can you cut Balance is gigantic? Yeah. So I, I think balance is an underrated thing for quarterback or for running back, excuse me. Um, wide receiver is my favorite position other than quarterback to scout, probably because I, I played it and you know, spent a ton of time when I was younger trying to figure it out. And it it's so simple, but it comes down to, like, can you catch the ball? Can you separate from defenders? Like, if you can do those two things, you're going to be pretty good. Now, separation can be speed. Uh, it, you know, it could be like John Ross. You're just so damn fast. You can run by everybody. Or Tyree Kill. It could be route running, like Calvin Ridley, where you're just so smooth as a route runner that, that you can just leave guys, or you can be size. You can Calvin Johnson this shit and just be bigger than everybody and just high point the ball all day. And yep, it comes down to scheme a little bit. Like Calvin Johnson is going to work for teams that play to that. Calvin Ridley is going to work for teams that play to that. And John Ross and Tyree Hill are great if you have a vertical need. So for receiver, I, I mean, it's really can you get open and can you catch? I, I think those are the most important that, things. It's really that simple. And it's
1: interesting, something I've noticed over the years. I find the fail rate to be higher on the players that people fall in love with because they are really fast or because they are more physical and winning at the catch point. Those guys fail more often because in the NFL, a lot of people are fast and a lot of people are physical where the nuanced route runners are the guys that translate. So, I mean, we, you know, Calvin Ridley's stock seemed to be all over the place mm-hmm. this year. But when all was said and done, I feel like he's going to be a extremely successful player in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and tight end is so team and scheme specific, right? Without a doubt. And, and, you know, like Simpson Lefko and I talked a lot about this early throughout the draft of Mike Gusecki. Well, really he can't block. Okay. Don't ever ask him to block. He's a move piece. Yeah. Yep. So it, it I think you have to, and it's it's hard when with what we do because it's a generic ranking of players, not for a team, just on kind of overall ability. Mike Gasecki's not going to be for everybody, but I think tight end. So you have to almost break it down, like okay, what offense are you running now? Generically, I, I it's a lot like receiver. Can you get open? Can you catch? I think for tight end, toughness is very very important too because you're going to get beat up. Whether even if you're, you're moving the piece. shit beat out of you, yeah, you're going to out. I mean, look at Jimmy Graham. Dude's basically a receiver, but he does get the shit beat out of him because of jump balls and and things in the red zone. So I think toughness is is the third thing I would put in there.
1: Yeah, I agree with that on tight end. I mean, if you can block and you have soft hands, you can play in the NFL, assuming you have the size. Like, that's why a player I was a little higher on than clearly the league was Ryan Izzo from Florida State because he has the size, he's a really good blocker, and he has soft hands in an offense that didn't give him the football. Now, he went in the seventh round. I would bet on Ryan Izzo playing for at least five to six years in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And you know what I mean? So it's, it comes down to it. And I am victim number one of this, falling in love with the David and, you know, Joku kind of player where it's like, I think he could be a superstar pass catcher. But sometimes, in terms of just being an efficient starter or featured in, you know, two tight end sets, you got to be able to simply catch the football and block. So. Nick O'Leary is, is still in the
0: NFL. <laughs> exactly. You know? It's a
1: very simplified position in a in a sense, but the problem is not a lot of guys could do both those things. <laughs> so Exactly, it's hard to find. That's the difference. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to find the Rob Gronkowski's
0: of the world, you know. Well, those, I mean, those, f- those it's direct. one in
1: a million, one in a billion. So
0: All right, buddy. That's our oh, show. Oh man.
1: It- Yeah, we covered a lot of draft on draft today. We did. And that's I
0: I think we do that all summer. You know, like, let's just have fun and talk to people. And so you guys, please keep sending in your questions, whether it's draft on draft for Wednesday or just the tip for Friday. I want to spend the summer hanging out with you guys and and just having fun. Yes. Talking football, talking life. Mello's texting me right now asking about, like, people want to know how to party in Nashville this summer. So we, I guess we're going to talk about that on the Friday show if you're interested. So that'd be a blast. It. It, or maybe we should just all go Thursday night game seven. I'm down. Oh, I wish. Right.
1: Yeah. That would be amazing. Open up the, that would be card, amazing. Let's go. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I know that there, the Nashville is one of the five finalists for the NFL draft. I don't think they win, but I want them to. Yeah. Really I don't badly. think they
0: win either, but I think Kansas it's going to be Kansas. a finalist too. So yes, uh, it'll happen. Um It'll happen for both. And, and I'm gonna be so mad that we'll be sitting in New York doing the draft from there while everyone's partying uh, in Nashville. You never let's just say you never know. Okay? Okay. You never know. I that would like be the first fit I throw at Bleach Report. I've been there for like seven years, and if, if the draft is in Nashville and we're in New York, I, I might sit down. I might I don't know. We'll work <laughs> we'll work on some things My protest. for the draft next year. Yeah. yeah. We are if stick to football
1: has to be in Nashville um i've talked to sims and Lefko. there's they are rumoring a draft party at at, you know i i don't even know if they said it yet so i don't want to give it away i I believe they are going to yeah they said it okay it's at at big phil's house which would be absolute mayhem what let's just we might not be in new york for the draft next year matt
0: we'll see stay tuned okay stay tuned stick to football (laughs) it's gonna be a lot of fun hopefully we're in nashville Good luck to my Predators Thursday night. Uh, Stayed up way too late last night watching hockey. So thanks to Connor for carrying us on the rundown this morning because. Oh, anytime, buddy. Man. So a lot of fun. We will talk to you guys again Friday morning. Don't forget. Send your tweets tomorrow when you hear from us.